Invisible Choir explores detailed depictions of violence and murder and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Was it really an accident? Welcome to Episode 3 of Invisible Choir. I'm your host, Michael Ojibwe. Today, we're going to examine a case that proves the old adage true, that nothing is ever quite what it seems. A 17-year-old high school student's tragic death left a family deep in despair, school and law enforcement officials on the defensive, and a community enraged. So settle in, grab your headphones, and remember to never whistle at night, because there may be more lurking in the shadows than darkness. story shrouded in mystery, mired by controversy, and riddled with conspiracies. You see, this case isn't as clear-cut as some of the others we've covered and will cover in the future. This is the story of a young man's life lost, his parents' search for the truth, and the mystery surrounding what actually happened in the Lowndes High School Old Gymnasium in 2013. This is part one of a two-part series looking into the mysterious death of Kendrick Johnson. Go ahead. Give them the real. Be real. I'm just going to keep on saying, I'm going to stand. They can be mad with me. They can talk much junk as they want to talk about us. They can do what they want to do. Yo. But we going to still stand up for Kendrick Johnson. We ain't going nowhere. We here. We claim it. January 10th, 2013, was like any other school day at the Lowndes High School in Valdosta, Georgia. It was the second day back after a likely wonderful winter break for the students. And while it seemed it was just a normal day at the time, the events that followed would prove to be anything but. You see, something big was going to happen that day, unbeknownst to the teens meandering the hallways between classes. Around 9 p.m. that evening, Jackie Johnson realized that her 17-year-old son, Kendrick K.J. Johnson, hadn't come home yet. There was a big rivalry basketball game that evening, the sort Kendrick regularly attended. But as the hours passed, Jackie began to grow worried that the routinely punctual Kendrick hadn't even called home. So she did as any mother would do. She began driving back and forth between the school and the Johnson home, 
checking all possible side streets and alleyways for any sign of her son. Unfortunately, her efforts proved fruitless and she found no sign of Kendrick or foul play anywhere along his usual route home. Eventually, Jackie was left with no other option than to call 911 to report her son missing. When she called, dispatchers tried to calm her nerves and suggested that maybe Kendrick was just out with a quote, fast girl, as we might have expected any other adolescent male of his age to be. After all, he was a 17-year-old boy in high school. Maybe he was just breaking the rules for once. Kendrick's father, Kenneth, a truck driver, was hundreds of miles away in Pennsylvania at the time, so Jackie called her mother over for support. The two prayed together into the early morning hours. Jackie was completely overcome with worry. After a few restless hours, she drove to the Lowndes High School to seek answers. And upon arriving, she began asking students if they had seen Kendrick. No one had since the day before. A school counselor saw her and pulled her into an office. And it was here that she found out that Kendrick hadn't attended his weightlifting class around 1.30 in the afternoon the day before and was marked absent from all remaining classes that day. While sitting in the counselor's office, Jackie received a text message from a friend that read, There are ambulances and fire trucks in the parking lot. No one can come in the entrance. Shortly after that, a call came through to the counselor's desk line. What the counselor was told over the phone was not a message at all meant for Jackie but the volume was just loud enough for her to overhear. They found a body in the old gymnasium. She knew right away that it was Kendrick. Around 10.30 a.m. that morning, a group of female students had gone into the old gymnasium at Lowndes High School for some peace and quiet while they filled out some surveys for school. In one of the corners of the gym were rolled up mats. Some of the mats were lying down on their sides while a few were stacked tightly in the upright position in the back corner of the gym. The girls were sitting on some of the grounded mats filling out their surveys when one of them looked up and noticed what appeared to be socks sticking out of one of the upright mats. One of the students climbed the stands to get a better look at what might be inside, and they were absolutely shocked to see that the socks were actually on the feet of someone. And the girls began screaming when they realized there was a body inside. Immediately, they began trying to help get whoever might be stuck inside out of the mat. The problem is, and you may remember from your high school days, just how heavy those cheerleading and wrestling mats were. The girls weren't able to get the six foot plus mat pushed down onto its side. They grabbed a teacher who helped them pull out the surrounding mats and tip over the one with the feet protruding out the top. What they found inside was absolutely horrific. They pulled down the mat and his legs and feet were hanging out of the mat. He wasn't moving in the smell. It was it smelled bad. You could smell it. The shock had, you know, left us all and we'd realized that one of our classmates had died in our school. 
It was a gruesome scene for such young, impressionable minds to encounter. Lowndes County Sheriff's deputies soon after arrived on scene. Video evidence of their arrival and discovery of Kendrick's body has been published online. We'll publish a link to this video on our website show notes, but be warned, it is extremely graphic if you choose to watch it. As the first responders processed the scene, things began to get a little tricky and quickly grew complicated. Based upon the way Kendrick was positioned in the mat, it appeared as though he had been upside down, trapped in an inverted position. When the mat was first pulled down, it was evident that there was blood and vomit on the ground near the opening where his head would have been. As arriving investigators cleared the scene, they began to notice other critical pieces of evidence strewn about the gym. A shoe mere yards away was resting under the first bench of the bleachers. Though it was determined not to be Kendrick's, it appeared to be stained with blood. For some reason, it was never collected as evidence. A sweatshirt was also discovered that appeared to have dried blood on the wrist portion of the sleeve. And then there was the wall that appeared to have five or six impact spots of blood. All signs initially pointed to foul play but the crime scene was immediately dismissed as accidental, and precautions typically taken to preserve evidence were never implemented. What's more, Georgia law dictates that once a body is found, a coroner is to be immediately called out to examine the scene. But in the case of Kendrick Johnson, Sheriff Chris Pine didn't phone Lowndes County Coroner Bill Watson until a reported five hours after his body was initially discovered. A total of nearly six hours had passed since they found Kendrick's lifeless body still protruding from the tightly wrapped gym mat before Watson arrived to examine the scene. Why did it take six hours to get a coroner on scene? Sheriff Prine gave a short and sweet answer. Because, quote, that's how we do things around here. By the time the coroner had arrived on scene, investigators already had a theory as to what might have happened to Kendrick. At Lowndes High, students are required to pay a fee for the use of a locker to store their items during gym class. But some students found a clever way to safely store items without having to pay the fee. Often, Students would tuck their spare shoes behind or inside the rolled up mats, effectively using them as storage. Kendrick was also known to hide his shoes near the mats as others had. Early reports indicated he had gone to the mats before his scheduled weightlifting class in order to retrieve a pair of shoes hidden away that he allegedly shared with another student. Investigators believe the shoes were likely on top of the mat as it stood vertically. When Kendrick climbed on top and reached for the pair of shoes, one fell inside to the bottom. So investigators theorized that using one arm, he must have reached straight down into the mat and mistakenly fallen inside and gotten himself stuck. The circular opening in the center of the mat in question where Kendrick's body was discovered was only 14 inches in diameter, while his shoulder width was a full 19 inches across. They theorized it was the only way he could have been found in that position, inside the mat. Many questions were asked about why none of the other students in or out of the gym throughout the day 
were able to hear him yelling or screaming for help. It would seem unnatural for someone not to call out for help if stuck in such a precariously dangerous position. The gym was used throughout the rest of that afternoon, but no one reported seeing anything out of the ordinary. No screaming or yelling for help. No one flailing their legs in an attempt to tip over the mat. Nothing. As news of the tragic accident began to spread, others began formulating the same questions. Why hadn't anyone noticed a 5-foot, 10-inch man struggling desperately for help upside down in the mat? A wrestler from California State University Bakersfield wanted to test this theory and see what exactly Kendrick would have experienced if accidentally compromised in such a position. But he also wanted to test whether or not he would be able to use any of his body weight to fling the mat onto its side. The man, similar in size and stature to Kendrick Johnson, climbs inside of a rolled-up mat while another man stands it up vertically, filming all the while through the experiment as the man struggles inside of the mat while upside down. Okay, what's your name? Sean Pollock. Sean, Sean Pollock, where do you wrestle? Cal State Bakersfield. Cal State Bakersfield. We're going to do a test. Um, I believe his name was uh, Kendrick, uh, forgetting his name, Kendrick Johnson, the KJ. Uh, he just passed away. He died in, I think, Georgia, Valdosta, Georgia. And he was inside of a mat. A lot of people don't believe it. This is a very short mat. Um, it was eight, it, he was in an eight-foot mat, and he, was, he reached inside. We're going to tip him up to demonstrate, and we want to show you guys how it's very difficult to get out of it. And this guy's he's six feet tall, and if he was vertical in a mat, this is what would happen. Go ahead and let's tip him up. Felicia, can you help? Should I get out first? So we're showing you right now. Go ahead and yell. Yell for help. Yell for help. Can you hear me? You Yell again. See how nobody would hear that? You say it loud. Nobody can hear him. Wow. Try to get out. Try to get out. Try to knock it down. Try to knock it down. See, he can't. Now let's tip him over. Let's get him out. Yeah. Crazy, huh? It's so hot in there. And can you imagine? That was for how long? Like 20, 15, 20 seconds? Yeah. Hey, in a few hours, blood will pull in your head. You won't be able to survive. And you'll die. And he was found the next day. Oh, that That's crazy. My cousin Ray Ray. Next day, dead. Dead. It's so sweaty. It's so hot in there. Yeah, you're gross. You what? What? Tell, blanket, it, like tell us how it felt. Like you can't, like oh, you can't so, move. It's sketchy. Like, <laughs> you're just scared to be in there. Like I, I, I couldn't move or anything. You know. All right. Thank you so much. One more time. What's your name? Sean Pollock. Sean Pollock wrestles for Cal State Bakersfield. All right. Thank you. Did you hear how the young man stated it was hot while trapped in the mat? One of the major questions raised during the investigation was the level of decomposition Kendrick's body was found in after only being deceased for approximately 24 hours. In a now viral photo, you can see what appears to be major swelling and skin slippage on his face. But we warn you to take a look at these photos at your own risk. They are very gruesome and not for the faint of heart. An even more gruesome photo was released by Kenneth Johnson, Kendrick's father, showing what appears to be the skin pushed forward on Kendrick's skull while the autopsy was being conducted, rendering his face completely unrecognizable. In the photos, 
it appeared as if there were signs of trauma, such as bruising, which was also noted by the paramedics first on scene. If you look closely, you can see what appears to be blood staining on the lower portion of his right collarbone. Kenneth Johnson claims that when he went to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, or GBI, to see his son, the usually refrigerated lab in which his body was stored was uncharacteristically warm, therefore expediting the deterioration of his son's body. While the Valdosta community was reeling in shared grief from what most believed was the tragic accidental death of a young, promising high school athlete, they rallied together to support the Johnson family. The local Harrington funeral home even offered to handle all of Kendrick's final services free of charge in a show of support to the devastated family. Family and friends say their final goodbyes to a South Georgia teen found dead at a high school. Funeral services were held today for Kendrick Johnson. Ty Wilson is now live for us in the newsroom. Ty, I bet it was an emotional time for people. Jade, good evening. It was the funeral service was held today at Union Cathedral in Valdosta. Hundreds of people turned out to remember the teen. Everyone who came to say goodbye to 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson dressed in the same colors. Some even had roses. Red and black, they was his favorite colors. And we're going to give these roses to his mama. To uh, share with these children um, that regardless of the situation and the circumstances, uh, our aim, our goal, objective is to know the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Uh, he gives us victory even in this valley. I know we all expect to die at some point, but we ain't expect him to like leave this early. Seemed like it was like just two weeks ago when we were all talking at McDonald's about what we're gonna do when we grow up, and he was saying like he wanted to go to college and play football. It wouldn't be long after the funeral that Lowndes County Sheriff's Department and Georgia Bureau of Investigation would rule on Kendrick's mysterious and odd death. GBI medical examiner Marianne Gaffney Kraft concluded his cause of death was due to positional asphyxiation. For those who are unfamiliar with the term, don't feel bad. This type of determination is very rare in adults. For infants, it's commonly referred to as SIDS or sudden infant death syndrome. But the fact is, it's such a rare conclusion for adults because the results cannot be reproduced in a lab setting. In 2018, 16-year-old Kyle Plush of Cincinnati, Ohio, called 911 for help as he was trapped upside down, stuck between the third row seat and the trunk door in his minivan. In the heartbreaking 911 call, you can hear how compromised one can become in such a situation and how quickly things can turn grave. Hello, 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 I'm so the Seven Hills web parking lot? I probably don't have much time left to tell my mom that I love her if I die. Plush was leaning over the third row seat in his parents' Honda Odyssey minivan, reaching for a tennis racket when the seat unexpectedly collapsed, trapping him upside down in a position eerily similar to Kendrick Johnson's. He was able to call 911 twice from his iPhone using the Siri function, but first responders were unable to locate his vehicle. He died in the van, trapped and alone. 
the final ruling of his death, positional asphyxia due to chest compression. The positional asphyxiation ruling in Kendrick's case was due to his being trapped upside down in a confined space for an extended period of time. His arm was trapped near his midsection and due to the confined space and his inability to free himself, he died. But the accidental death ruling did not sit well with the Johnson family. They wanted answers and unfortunately, the case was quickly closed by the GBI. It was the questions initially raised by the Johnson family that eventually caught the attention of Reverend Al Sharpton and the NAACP. Several weeks ago, we got a call about Kendrick Johnson. And we were told when we got the call that the findings that had, cut, had been announced by local law enforcement had been done under very unusual and questionable circumstances. I'm not a coroner, I'm not a doctor, but I do have common sense. And I'm built kind of funny. Y'all that can see me, my nose sticks out here. Then behind my nose is my mouth. And then back here is my brain. Which means I can smell stuff before I can taste it or before I can understand. I don't understand what this autopsy is saying. But something don't smell right to me. But Reverend Sharpton and the NAACP weren't the only ones taking notice at the mysterious circumstances surrounding the fumbled investigation immediately after Kendrick Johnson's body was discovered. The FBI as well as the U.S. Attorney for the Middle District of the State of Georgia, soon became involved. The FBI is now involved in the investigation of the death of a South Georgia teenager found dead in his high school. I am of the opinion that a sufficient basis exists for my office to conduct a formal review of the facts and investigation surrounding the death of Kendrick Johnson. There are several questions that must be answered or confirmed. First, what was the cause of Mr. Johnson's death? Second, was Mr. Johnson's death the result of a crime? Third, if Mr. Johnson's death was the result of a crime, who committed that crime? As the case garnered additional national attention, highlighting just how many pressing questions were left unanswered by the Lowndes County Sheriff's investigation, it was time for another look into Kendrick's tragic death, this time through the lens of a criminal investigation. Now to this major development in the case of this student-athlete's bizarre death at his high school in Valdosta, Georgia. 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson was found dead, his face battered in this rolled-up gym mat at his high school in January. Police said that Kendrick suffocated, trying to grab a shoe. 
But his parents didn't buy that. They said there is no way that this that this is a cover up, that they have the pictures to prove it. And the Justice Department recently confirmed it is taking a second look at the, the case here. Now we have gotten word that Johnson's body will be exhumed for a second autopsy. Surrounded by friends, family and community activists, Kendrick Johnson's body was carefully exhumed by hand. Men with shovels carefully clearing the concrete vault of dirt before his casket was lifted to the surface. His remains were driven down to forensic dimensions in Heathrow, Florida. The second and independent autopsy was conducted by forensic pathologist William Anderson. His findings were shocking, not only for the Johnson family, but for those who had been following the case closely. You likely remember this scene on January 11th of this year. 17-year-old Kendrick Johnson's body was found inside a rolled-up wrestling mat inside the gym here at Lowndes County High School. Well, subsequent investigation by the Lowndes County Sheriff's Office and the Georgia Bureau of Investigation ruled Johnson's death was an accident. Well, the investigators telling us that Johnson died as a result of positional asphyxia. However, CNN has obtained a newly released autopsy report done by a private pathologist hired by the Johnson family, which found that Johnson died as what's being called, quote, unexplained apparent non-accidental blunt force trauma, end quote. Now, this new report contradicts the initial findings by law enforcement. CNN is reporting that the report has now been passed on to the GBI, the U.S. Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney's Office, and the Lowndes County Coroner's Office, all of whom are now reviewing the case. The Johnson family now expected to fully release the new autopsy report later this week. According to Dr. Anderson's independent autopsy, the cause of death was listed as blunt force trauma to the right neck, with involvement of the right mandible, including the right carotid artery. Deeper pathological findings suggested acute hemorrhaging of these areas and vessels. When the body cavity was opened, Dr. Anderson was shocked to find no visceral organs inside. Instead, what he found was crumpled up newspaper. When we got the body uh, for the second autopsy, that organs, the heart, lungs, liver, etc., were not with the body. The brain? The brain. They were all absent. We have been let down again. And when we buried Kendrick, we thought we was burying Kendrick, not half of Kendrick. Uh, I'm not sure at this point who did not return the organs to the body, but I know when we got the body, the, the organs were not there. Stuffing that newspaper in like he was a garbage can inside his body. It's unbelievable. There was a problem. Kendrick's family, nor Dr. Anderson, had any clue where his organs were, or why newspaper was placed inside of him. The explosive new discovery triggered a widespread, he said, she said, series of denials between the GBI and the Harrington Funeral Home. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation, which conducted the first autopsy in January, and Harrington Funeral Home, which the Johnsons chose to embalm and prepare Kendrick's body for burial days later. A spokeswoman for the state tells CNN after its autopsy, the organs were placed in Johnson's body, the body was closed, then the body was released to the funeral home. State investigators say it's their normal practice, but what happened after his body arrived at the funeral home was anything but normal. 
So what exactly did the Harrington Funeral Home do with Kendrick's organs? And why was he stuffed with old newspaper? We went to their office to find out, but their response to us? No comment. However, in a letter to the Johnson's attorney, Harrington Funeral Home owner Antonio Harrington denies he received Kendrick's organs. He writes in part, his internal organs were destroyed through natural process and henceforth were discarded before the body was sent back to Valdosta. It's another disappointing answer for parents determined to know what happened to their son before and now after his death. So how much weight did the new independent autopsy actually hold? It seems for medical examiners with the GBI, the findings weren't quite convincing enough for them to reconsider their original ruling. One was even willing to stake his very reputation on the belief that Kendrick's death was in fact an accident, as they had originally found. The autopsy that was conducted in Macon by Dr. Gaffney Kraft, and I have personally reviewed her findings, reviewed the case completely, and I'm acquainted uh, quite well with the investigative findings surrounding the death of this young man. Is it possible Kendrick Johnson's death was a homicide? No, it is not. You'd stake your reputation on that? I stake my reputation on the findings that the doctors in my office find every single day. So this particular case is actually no exception. Yes, I stake my reputation on this. The family commissioned an independent review. Yes. You reviewed the review. Oh, yes. And? The review is woefully inadequate. The uh, report is really inconclusive. It simply states that the death was consistent with blood trauma of the neck without any elaboration. Subsequently, in television interviews, the pathologist has stated that the supposed bruise that he found on the right side of the Johnson young man's neck was, he measured it two, between two and three centimeters, which is about three quarters of an inch. That's the only supposed injury that he found. And he postulates that the cause of death of uh, Kendrick was a blow to the side of the neck that struck a point where the arteries in the neck split and that this caused his heart to stop. This mechanism of death, this cause of death, is actually, uh, in young people, has never been described in the scientific literature, ever. It does not exist. With alleged discrepancies in the new autopsy coming to light, it was clear that a battle was on the horizon for the Johnson family. Was Kendrick's death truly an accident? Or was he met with some type of foul play? As Kenneth and Jackie Johnson doubled down on the assertion that their son was tragically murdered and the resulting sheriff's investigation nothing but a coordinated cover-up, new details began to emerge, further suggesting that Kendrick's death came not by way of accident, but at the hands of his fellow classmates. We'll dive deeper into the story on the next episode of Invisible Choir. I don't believe this was an accident. I think this young man met with foul play. If he was inside the mat and the shoe is beneath him, why isn't that shoe covered with blood? It was, it was placed there. 
now the latest development we're getting is that there was an email tip sent to the uh, sheriff's office uh, saying and implicating certain individuals. Thank you so much for listening. Episode 2 of the Kendrick Johnson case is already available for download on our Patreon. Subscribe today at the $5 level and get immediate access to find out the unlikely conclusion in this case. And get additional exclusive premium content delivered each week to your own private feed. Go to InvisibleChoir.com today to learn more. And if you enjoyed the show today, please remember to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you have your own theories or would just like to share your thoughts on the show, call our fan line at 651-337-9405. We might just include your comments on the next episode. Thanks again for listening, and remember to never whistle at night.